Sentire Media podcast listeners thank you so much for downloading and joining us on this beautiful 21st of march a what's today friday 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 <laughs> 21st of march my name is jason i'm joined by my beautiful wife ashley together we run own and operate la tabla marque ciao thank you i can never say that i would garble that one it's a Farm in cooking school. It's an agriturismo. It's a little slice of heaven. It's all of the above. And it is located all the way down a long dirt road in the middle of nowhere, Piobaco La Marca. Ooh, a newly, oh, a newly fit, well, kind of fixed. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, <laughs> uh, we skipped last week because we are back to work. We are not, no longer do we sit uh, on our butts getting fatter, but now it's time to wake up every morning, six o'clock, start getting going. Do, doing outside work, getting prepared for the lovely guests that will be arriving here. Yes, longtime listeners know the drill. Winter, <laughs> we pound out the podcast <laughs> once a week. Spring, a little more, you know, this is when we start becoming inconsistent. We like to think we're still doing it once a week. So much so that, in fact, I said, proclaimed to Jason the other day, it's Monday. We should be doing a podcast. He was like, we don't even do them on Mondays. I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> yes, we do. I'm like, all right. I pull up the last 10 podcasts, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday. So, yes. So, I, I don't even know what's going on in the winter. But now that it's summer, I definitely, spring, I definitely don't know. Yeah, and, and then come summer, you won't hear us for months on air. No, it'll be the the monthly podcast. <laughs> um. So, like I said, it's the 21st of March. Those of you still stuck in uh, oh winter, gosh. sorry, that sucks for you. I know. It's a total drag. People have emailed. I was posting some photos, and people are saying they're still under snow. We were talking to a family in New York and Jason's brother. I mean, cold wind and snow coming again, and you just think, whoo. Not here. No. Mm-mm. This, I, should I even say it out loud? No. This is the one, this is the first March. Knock in, on wood. Why can you say? Well, it? because we got what nine days left, ten days left. This is the first March since we've been here that we haven't had snow. Six it's, years. It's been real. I mean, the trees are in full bloom. Um, everyone, the um, well, we'll get to that in a moment. But um, okay, before we get started, sorry. <laughs> before we get really rolling on this podcast, I want to thank you guys for downloading and t- t- doing the best thing you could do with that for us, which is tell a friend. Number you, one best thing. If you like what you hear and you're enjoying hearing two people scream into microphones, uh, <laughs> then please let someone else in your life, coworker, family, friend, blah blah blah, who would lo- think you would, who you think would enjoy this as well. It so, is. It's great. We can't thank you guys enough. Share it with a friend. Absolutely. Um, back to the back to what's going on. Oh, the, so yeah, um, the the uh, fields are starting to get plowed. You hear the the roar of diesel engines, low tractors through the valley. We have a spring package planned for the end of April of collecting wild greens. They're, they're here now. I know. I don't think so. That's a, that's see. That's the problem it when is. we try to do these kind of things based on on season. Because if this was a normal year, this the wild greens, the baby wild greens, the nettles, all that stuff would probably start coming uh, beginning of April. Yeah, they're here. They were ready a week ago. To start oh yeah, picking. you got you and Gaji brought up some from the garden, and they were almost. I mean, they were just kind of too big at that point, and I, we were. Oh, well, they're definitely going to be too big and too tough. The problem yes. is when these little when these 
um, wild greens, um, and there's a bunch of different kinds. Once they, once a certain point, they get too tough. They get too um, fibrous. When they're baby, when they're really small, they're ter- tender and delicate. You um, you've eaten them just straight from the garden. Yeah, yeah, them. absolutely. But one you you can tell. I mean, they start to get a little more spiny. You'll see the. Um, you just you can tell, and when you cook them, they're fibrous and a little bit bit more bitter than normal. Same so. with like the stinging nettle, for example. Absolutely. Couldn't even. I'm a, so I'm wondering what are we going to do in April? But I don't know. So that's the problem. We <laughs> We're going to wing it. I hope you're not listening. If you <laughs> <laughs> we have other people who uh, want to come and do truffles and so, oh and my it's gosh, like, yes, they should be here. But it is a wild, not cultivated fungus. I uh, know. We had someone who was really excited about truffles in May. And normally, uh, there's still some kind of spring, summer truffle starting or something going on in depending May. On the, depending yeah, on the depending weather. Depending on the weather. But now that we're a month ahead, I'm thinking, I I told her, I don't even know what to tell you. To be, like, I'm, this is me being honest with you. I'd rather be honest with you than sell you something that I can't deliver because... They're, there might not. I yeah. Mean, they, they could, I haven't seen... I've seen truffle hunters on the road this week. But were they just kind of out? Oh, checking, checking out. We it saw out. some over the winter, like testing, you know, um, training their dogs mm-hmm. and things like that. But but um, if it's if everything's ahead this year, the the truffles that should be coming in mid May will come in mid April. Yeah, and then they'll be gone by mid May. Exactly. So it's really that's kind of a it's the beauty of the spontaneity of nature, but it's the frustration of trying to plan seasonal events, uh, you know, based on those uh, unpredictable produce or unpredictable. Um, things that are popping out of the ground. Yeah, you can't force nature. <laughs> or slow it down. <laughs> but people don't seem to grasp that. Thing. I know. It's not Jason who's telling you you can't. And believe you me, if you come here in June and want to, and there's no truffles, but you go to a, tr- uh, go to a like one of those truffle shops, they will sell you a truffle. I have no idea where they're coming from. I don't know about the quality, but they'll sell you. If you go in there saying, I want to buy a truffle, they'll sell you. We had a guest here. Should we t- talk just a little shit? You can. Okay. We had a guest here, I don't know, three, four years ago. Yeah. And she was just a, like totally infatuated with truffles. And it's like, all right. And we tried to explain it to her that there weren't truffles here at this time. She came in like early September, right? I, I can't exactly even Whatever. remember. It was, yeah. time, it was a time of year where there was no truffles. We kept telling her, listen, yes, this is the Truffle Valley, but they're not here right now. They're not here. They're not here. Well, she went to Aquilania to one of the um, like truffle shops, mm-hmm. and sure enough, they sold her you know truffles, and she paid a ton of money for them. And she comes here, and we and, and like kind she's of like, that, look, I told you there's I know. truffles. Like, <laughs> okay, great, congratulations, congratulations. <laughs> shaved them all. You know, she bought a bunch, shaved them all over her pasta. You know, God only knows, a hundred dollar plate of pasta probably. A hundred euro plate of pasta. They had no taste. Whatsoever. No, so much so that then she was very sweet. Also, in a way, you know, she shared them with the guests. But I'm sure if they were pungent, she wouldn't have shared them and put them all on our pasta because we were putting it on pizza, and it was. It was it's a bummer because I know people get so excited about those things, and and also we have become such purists since we live in this area that um, is such an epicenter for it that we tend to only have it when. Uh, we see the truffle hunters. <laughs> yeah, like uh, we 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 don't suggest shipping them home, or we will say buy them if you want, but eat them right eat, now. Eat them here. Um, the guys the guys coming out of the woods will say twenty four forty eight hours. You got to eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a huge drop off in flavor. Like the day they bring them out of the woods and you have them, it's like holy moly, smacked in the face. The next day, it's 
you can tell there's a drop off three four days later there you know, there there's nothing i so, remember there's a story of um a girlfriend of mine who lives in la talked about going to a restaurant or a, she worked at a restaurant or a friend worked at this restaurant and they had truffles on the menu and she was saying gosh i've never tried the truffle so it must have been her friend who was working there and that the friend said, yeah, we've got these, we've got this truffle and whenever people order, we pull it out. It's very special and we shave a few slices on top. And God, we've had this huge truffle for like months. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God, poor people have no idea. They see truffles on a menu and, you know, some random time of the year in, you know, June. And they're like, oh great, I'll take some truffles in July. And then they don't know. And who knows, maybe they put a little truffle oil or essence on top. Oh, I'm sure they do. Um, but, but remember, guys, this is a business. So if you walk into a truffle shop, whether it's in the height of truffle season in mid-October or the middle of the summer in mid-July, they will sell them to you and they will tell – they will yes you to death. Can I take these home? Will they still be pungent? Oh, sure. Of course they will. Can I do this? You know, can I uh, keep them in my bag? You know, <laughs> can I get them through customs? Oh, no problem. They want to sell you truffles. They know you're – they're never going to see you ever, ever again. They want to sell these things. They're like, you know, it's legal. It's a cartel. Yeah. It's a cartel. Yeah. So yeah. keep those in mind. If you're going to spend a lot of money on truffles, then eat them as soon as you get them. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't, don't put them in your bag. So I don't know how we got on truffles. Oh, the season. Just oh. everything's early. Everything's early. <laughs> <laughs> but what is here right now are beautiful spring vegetables, which we will be doing on our next cooking class, which comes this Sunday. Uh, no, next Sunday. Oh, yeah, we have the weekend off. We have the weekend off. Thank God. God. Says the chef who uh, loves doing this. Sign up. Um, The the next class is on March 30th. And this weekend, we're um, not doing a class, but we are going to be posting a video on how to properly clean an artichoke to get to the heart. Or how to, how would you say that? Yeah, Yeah. artichoke hearts. Uh And um, because we'll be using it on the class on the 30th, which we're going to be doing beautiful artichoke risotto uh risotto you can make it out of and i know i've spoke talked about this before you can make it out of anything you want we're doing artichokes because they're everywhere right now um if you don't want to use artichokes great use peas use fava beans use onion use fish fish use nothing i don't saffron care. saffron risotto the way you make risotto regardless of what you put in it is the same technique no matter what so when i say it's creamy is that really even the right word? Mm, no. Because it, it's like got a creamy consistency, but I know you're not it's putting starch cream. that's coming out of it. Because it, that's interesting. But like, if you say it's a starchy consistency, <laughs> I know it's going to be. I'll take extra gluten, please. <laughs> Listen, and also, I don't care if you see recipes from everyone and their brother. Oh, all you have to do is stir it for five minutes and then stick it in the oven. Or yeah, no stir risotto. Listen, if you want to do it, do it that way. Do it that way. If this is something that you have to stand over the stove and stir it for 18 to 22 minutes. There's no way around it. Everyone wants the quick and easy way to do it. Well, fine. Now you're just having shitty rice that's overcooked. In fact, do you remember that's why part of the main reason – well, not the main reason, but part of the reason why I stopped writing for um, the magazine that I used to write for. I don't know if I should say the name or not. But, yeah, Italian um, Magazine. It's crap. They changed the cooking time. Remember? They put a thing like 20 minutes to cook and you were so upset because you felt obviously that that would be uh, contrary to what you would 
teach or what you would suggest no, and not what you weird. well they said it was something very low and yeah. you were really upset because it was like that's not the time it takes at all and it's very misleading because to make a proper risotto it takes 30 minutes yeah you're gonna minutes. stand there and stir you know you have to cook whatever it is first like we're gonna do artichokes so we have to cook the artichoke hearts you know with the uh, onion first and then you put in the rice and once the rice goes in you stir for 18 to 20 minutes so listen if you're looking for a simple quick uh shortcut uh, risotto recipe do not sign up for the class. It's no, not happening. Don't talk to us about that. The <laughs> other dish we're going to be doing the um, is an antipasto. It's one of my favorites. God, in the spring, fava bean crostini or broad bean crostini. And the bright green color of the fava. I'll probably it's also because it takes so damn long to double shell those sons of bitches that I better enjoy something that comes out of it. But those bright green fava with a bit of ricotta. Get it. It is. I just start putting it all over toast. Do I put ricotta in there? I don't, I don't even know. Oh, sometimes you don't. No, it's, I'm thinking. I keep saying ricotta because you do. It's strachino, isn't it? Yeah, we gotta go to looking. You gotta look. Food. I don't think I, think I, I, I put keep ricotta saying ricotta in because sometimes you fill it with uh, the peas. I'm thinking. Yeah, for the and I use that as um, oh, crostini. <laughs> you can put you can put cheese in it. You don't Sorry, have to put cheese bad. in it. I don't normally put cheese You're in right. that. You're ricotta. right. You're right. Ricotta. <laughs> I'm getting my greens mixed up, but it's delicious regardless. It's a wonderful way, way in the spring to start off a meal. Um, and crostinis are awesome because you can make a crostini out of everything. Mm-hmm. So just because I'm showing you broad beans or fava beans doesn't mean you can't do it out of peas or you can't do it out of asparagus or you can't do it out of whatever the heck you want to do it out of. It's good. You might be wondering, you guys don't sound as peppy as you normally oh, do. I'm exhausted. <laughs> First of all, it's later. It's 1.30. This is technically nap time. <laughs> it is nap time, but we haven't done a uh, podcast in so long. I felt like we had to do one this this afternoon. Um, we have been getting the garden outside. We uh, yesterday we had two jump trucks of horse and cow manure dropped off. So we I spent majority of yesterday taking a wheelbarrow and putting piles all over the garden. Um, and then this morning I finished that up, and Ashley helped me to with a pitchfork to kind of what spread it out. Yes, and then later, I always like to reiterate when you're talking about these things. Of literally, you know, shoveling and spreading out manure across the entire garden. That it's not a, like a two by two square or something. Like how, I always like to have you restate my how garden. Big the garden is. Is, my garden is fifty five meters by seventy five meters. So that's like a football field wide, by a, a American yeah. football field wide by three quarters of one long. <laughs> oh my god, that's what we did today, you guys. That we went from shoveling shit. To podcasting, and it's coming for you. It's just for you guys. <laughs> at least I changed my clothes and took a shower and yell at Ashley. She's sitting there <laughs> eating, shoving egg salad and salad into her face, and I'm like, "You're wearing the same clothes we just shoveled <laughs> manure for the I last five hours." And I'm like, "I don't even care." But um, so that's what we did. The uh, tractor is coming. Our our uh, neighbor Enzo, the tale of three tractors. Yeah, I'm gonna repost it. All right. Uh, so tractor number one is coming. Today. Technically, this is number two right now. <laughs> yeah. To um, to go ahead and uh, turn the soil, and then we'll let it sit like that for a month or so. We'll till it, then we'll make the rows, and then we'll start planting. Um, first thing, let's see. Speaking uh, of planting. We could pile, uh, fava beans are already up. Which we- didn't seem to, I mean, they took... The ones that are there, but it looks like half the row got eaten. Yeah, half the row got eaten by either boar or... Um, uh, Berman? What's it called? No, uh, um, Easter Chi. 
Easter shit. Oh, you um, think that the porcupines would eat yeah, it? Absolutely, oh. the seeds. Um, so half of my fava beans got eaten, but say love you. That's that's life. And um, like you said, totally could have been boar because we know pigs and boar love fava. Um, what else? Let's see. The the uh, onions will go in here and uh, oh, potatoes. Potatoes. Sorry, sorry, didn't potatoes try. are going to go in this weekend because we're going to get rain on Monday. So I want to get those down. And then the fava beans have already popped up because we planted those last season. Uh, we also planted some garlic last season. Uh, no peas this year. They should have been, if we planted them last season, they would have been up already. Uh, I already talked about onions. And then the majority of everything else will go in in Mayish. I don't know. I, we could go earlier this year, but man, we two years ago, we got burned. We got a late frost. And at, literally burned. <laughs> at the end of the May. And then we lost hundreds and hundreds of tomato, like tomatoes and peppers. and peppers and all those plants. So is as much as I'd like to stick all that stuff in the ground now or, you know, next month when, because the weather's been so warm and so nice. It'll we can't, and we have to keep Gaji under control for that too. Because the, like you said, having it all be prepped out, he's going to be oh, so ADD. <laughs> he's going to be chomping at the bit with his uh, little um, twig stogies that he tries to smoke on. <laughs> so this was not the plan was not to throw you know thousands of pounds and cubic meters of uh, manure the last two days. But yesterday, Gaji came over bright and early. And this, while we were doing another project. While we were doing another project. I, you know, I, I have, we make a list every morning of the stuff I want to get done. Okay. Today we want to clean, you know, two apartments. We want to, you know, uh, weed Refix the, our signs. Yeah, fix the sign, weed the, the vegetable, weed the uh, herb patch, blah, blah, blah. So we were, it's, I don't know, 830? Not even. Maybe earlier. He And we're already <laughs> into our, you know, we had our coffee because we've been waking up early. Like the, we have this giant Rhodesian Ridgeback, 100 pound dog sitting in front of our actually sleeping in front of our fireplace and he likes to get up at the crack of dawn to go chase deer so we get up early these days and before eight gaji comes over i want to i want to throw manure on the oh man all right so we start doing that and then you know once it's there oh my god this is the classic part once it's there he, he leaves. takes off <laughs> yes the huge truck coming two dump it. trucks worth of and, manure, then and then takes and off and the plan was saturday so two days later so i don't have to work like a slate like a psycho slate. exactly that same afternoon just a couple hours after he left gaji calls where's jason i said he's in the garden oh good because the tractor's not coming saturday it's coming tomorrow <laughs> so it was like tomorrow that's that's it's now four o'clock in the afternoon i've got I'm not even halfway done with this. No, so. we had driver's class last night and all of these things. And so I had to call call Enzo, who's the guy who's the tractor, and say, please, do not come here in the morning. Come here in the Which afternoon. he could have easily done trying to be nice or thinking, oh, I'll get there early. No, I'm sure God, you told him first thing in the morning. Oh, my God. Um, so <laughs> it's done. You know what? It, all the bitching and moaning we do, it's true. He is a motivator. Like The other he, day we left – sorry, just as another side funny note. The other day we left to take this dog for a walk. Took a – you know, left her right out the driveway. Come back. Gaji, we're gone for an hour and a half at the most this that morning because we knew we had stuff to do. We come back. Gaji has taken the front doors off of our <laughs> – main entrance of the house by himself remember he for those of you who've seen him you know for those who don't he seems to me at times he's under five foot or is he five foot five two yeah he's a small guy so it's not like he's some big guy just boop, pops himself it had to have been awkward for him to get yeah, the those door. are big heavy doors, <laughs> big I, heavy like... doors. he had him on the saw horses and he'd already stripped one half of one down completely and it's like you son of a bitch we weren't gonna do this until the weather was much nicer and we knew it would dry in a day and he waited for us to leave i felt like he was waiting down the road to, for us to take a walk with the dog 
because by the time we came back he was so far into the project there was no stopping it now and so then it's like well i guess that's what we're doing so today. the problem with that is like the doors look great the two oh, front yeah, doors but great. now the rest of them look like crap because the two <laughs> front ones look beautiful so now we have to do every door and window in the whole entire house. I know, or keep all the shutters closed or until we do the- them. I know because I know. I know. <laughs> so, and the other door, there's apartment one on the first floor that's just to the right of the main entrance. I never thought that door looked bad, not at all, until now that it's next to these brand new doors. I'm like, oh, son of a. Well, bitch. they're not brand new; they're just refinished. Well, yeah, yeah. But, and it, so that's been what's going on. It's, <laughs> it's he has his idea of the order of operations, and we have ours, and. Uh, most of the time, they don't don't um, follow each other, but and we're, I get, say, we're getting there. We'll be ready. We'll be ready for around Easter to for open up the house. Most of the some of the apartments are clean, you know, yeah. already ready to go. We took took it, taking everything away from the walls and you know the deep. Yeah, deep. we did a deep clean in the dining room and taking all the wine bottles off the you know. Not re- too bad this year. No, we put it away so clean last yeah, year. Yeah, we did we a really, really good job. We did. We did a lot of work cleaning, the, like really putting the house away well, and it paid off. So. Mm-hmm. Much, much, much easier. It we, was six years later. <laughs> yeah, finally figuring out how to live here. Um, we have our first guests of the season. Oh, they arrived two days ago. They're mingling well. Um, a little fickle at times. I was afraid some of them had died, actually, <laughs> yesterday within their first 24 hours. 12 hens and a brand new rooster. So uh, since the weather's been so nice, I got the chi- I ordered the chickens a little earlier this year. We don't get chickens from baby chicks because it's just too much work. You have to oh my keep a heat source down there. You have to really – I mean, they're baby babies. So you have they're, to – Yes. They're tiny. They still, So we get them once they lose their yellow feathers and once they're – they're called ovaiole. Which means they're a couple months old. Couple, uh, yeah, something like that. They're about a month, month and a half away from starting to lay. Um, it's just easier. It get- is easier, yet they still you still need a lot of uh, kind of, not babysitting like you would for a teeny tiny little chick, but they're still so retarded. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> dumb. We have to keep them separated from the chicks, from the chickens, the hens we have now, because the, there'll be a little bit of a turf war. The five, oh, it's called a pecking order. Yeah. <laughs> and it exists. Um, and we got a rooster this year, even though every year the rooster turns aggressive and chases our guests. As soon as he turns, I love the cockadoo to do. I, I do too. It. I do too. It's become something you just have to have. Now, I think that we kind of decided if he once he starts getting a bit randy or aggressive, vice, aggressive we'll put him down earlier this year, just because it's it's too hard with little kids running around and. I, they scare each other, I think. The kids come around a corner from the pool running and screaming and bump into the rooster, and the rooster, you know, jumps up. And... He doesn't do anything. He, no, he doesn't he does do anything. He does his tough guy thing. Yeah, he does yeah, his... call it studio tough guy. He's a studio <laughs> tough guy. He, he puffs up, and he takes like four or five real tough steps towards you and then stops. And if you're a little kid, it's scary as hell. It's also really funny to see couples, to see to, like a husband and a wife will get out of a car, and sometimes the rooster will run up to him, and to see which one of the husband or the wife uh either that he's after or which one of the couple um isn't afraid of him and just goes right up to him and is like get out of here get out of here and a lot of times it's the women <laughs> well uh we've had better we you know it depends the year some roosters are really mean a couple of years ago we had a mean mean rooster last year's wasn't that bad but no he wasn't that bad really i know it sounds terrible but when they start charging you have what you have to do is kind of pin them down and that's just what i do i pin them down until they relax and this makes lets them know. Listen, I'm the head chicken, not you. And um, 
you know, some people might find that cruel, but that's all they don't understand. They don't understand no. They don't understand. No, I know. Hit. I try to like Caesar Milan. Yeah, Ashley tries to like <laughs> snap her fingers and clap and tell him no. And it's like, you're, you're stupider than he is. Um, you take a broom, you kind of pin him down, and you'll feel he'll fight and fight and fight, and then he'll relax. When he submits, he's submitting to you. Once he submits, everyone's cool. At least they're cool with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think that's if you think that's cruel, then you haven't lived on a farm, I guess. I, I guess. don't know. You can't can't reason with a chicken. Most people say you have to beat them. <laughs> yeah, but beating them doesn't do anything. Oh, I know. It doesn't really teach them anything. No. It's just uh, you're finding aggression with aggression. Exactly. But but you know you kind of pin them. And like a dog, like making a dog kind of submit to you and roll over. It's the same I'm thing. just most curious because the brood of hens that survived the winter, they are a tough little group of ladies and they go after the dog. They go <laughs> so at, we have this- I don't even know if the rooster is going to be a charge. That's what keeps cracking me up because I'm thinking we might not even have a rooster dominant problem because... One of the smallest hens we have is freaking hysterical. And she, she's tough. She puffs that neck up. Oh, no, you didn't. She sees this dog coming and she puffs up and, t- and charges it. She charges the dog. And he's scared to death. This, I don't know, kilo and a half. I was just going to say three pounds, maybe. Kilo and a half chicken <laughs> scares the crap out of this you know, giant Rhodesian Ridgeback. It's, it's, it's great. Hysterical. I love it. So I, I'm and really... <laughs> yesterday, the co- our neighbor has a cocker, this beautiful little cocker spaniel. She's really cute. She did not have any problem going after the chicken. No. Um, I, we heard she's gone, at, like, got really gone after hens before, but... Not soon. No, she was really cute. She's super tiny and was doing the little dog weave around the grass, and the chickens were pissed. And they kept trying to, like like talk back to her when the dog went away and it, you could tell they were like i don't know they were not used to being chased that's for sure and um no they kind of they kind of are alpha around here they don't they chase, totally do. chase the cats it's yeah. funny all right enough chicken talk we're not that crazy i promise uh garden work in order blah 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 anything else before we start the main thing i want to talk about no, but speaking of the cats you did see that there was that cat cafe in milan i'm curious about ashley want <laughs> Fine, we'll talk about the stupid cat cafe. She's been bugging me to talk about this. In I didn't Turin, even read the article. In Turin, there is, it's not in Milan, it's in Turin. Oh. In Torino or Turin, they have opened up a cat cafe where you go in and there's all these cats that they've rescued for people who love cats, and you can have like cats purring and walking around and. To me, that sounds nasty. I oh, don't it want... sounds so weird. I just think it sounds hysterical. I don't want cats, strange cats, walking around while I'm eating. No, and it is really weird for this to be in Italy because animals really have their place in a household. Like, I can't imagine a cafe that... Opened by an American. Oh, that's okay. That's what <laughs> I understand that. I was like, the Italians are really particular about, like, eating and... Like, animals are animals. Yeah. They're not... They're part of the family, but they're not, like... You would never see an... Uh, 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 I would never... Like, I would be mortified if I saw an Italian feed a dog from their fork. Oh. Which I saw growing up, a lot of people would feed their dogs oh from the God. table. I've seen it with ice cream. That's shared lick. Super nasty. I've never seen a freaking um, model chick in New York at Pastis with a tiny dog zipped up in her shirt. She would eat a bite and then she'd give her dog a bite. And it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. Oh, that's ridiculous, New York. But, um, so yeah, are you happy you brought that up? That yeah. we got to talk about Cat it? Cafe. All right. Any, <laughs> anything else you'd like to add about the Cat Cafe? Or you just wanted everyone to know? I just that wanted it everyone to know that I was curious about it. All right. Very good. <laughs> 
All right. So for today, we thought we'd do something fun since we really don't have much uh, news to talk about other than shoveling poop and chickens burning and burning things, things. burning hillsides. <laughs> oh, someone did ask, why do we burn the hillsides? Oh, yes. And um, they, they were actually really glad that I posted a picture of it. Um, it's a really bizarre thing for Jason every year to stand and watch um, or to be part of. We burn the hills surrounding our house in front of and behind. They're not hills, hills. They're little True, like, true. Thank you. Like, um, how would you call them? Not a retaining wall either, but it's like a sloped up hill that goes to the driveway or yeah. little- the hill that goes from the road to up to the top of our house. And I don't know. Uh, it's not a, they're quite long for sure, but, um, maybe it's 10 feet wide by, you know, long. Yeah. 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 And, um, we burn it every year around this time. We wait for a day where it's, uh, the, the wind is blowing in the opposite direction of where we want to burn. So the wind is pushing the fire back, not, not propelling it forward. And this is a common thing that's done. I don't know if it's legal or not. I don't either. But every, I mean, it must not be because someone said, uh, be careful for the forest. (laughs) Well, if you drive around here, like this weekend, if you drove around our area, you would see fires everywhere. Like little fires. Yeah. We did yesterday. Oh no. Someone's at the door. Hold on. So people get, get brushed together or they'll, they'll burn all the dead, dead, uh, uh, leaves and the, and the dead, um, grass on the hillsides and it just it's good it, it and it it's good it gets um uh you know all that all that carbon or whatever it is when it burns the ash is good fertilizer and it lets the shoots the new shoots grow up the new grass shoots grow yep up. sorry to interrupt but we Enzo's got work to here. do and right. here we'll we'll, s- we'll finish the rest of it in just a bit all right all right that was that was kind of an extendo break <laughs> just thinking was that a day and a half yeah it's now the 23rd of march a sunday <laughs> welcome back <laughs> this has been quite a podcast uh so yeah the um enzo came he he till he uh aerated or uh, um turned the field and then we got busy with other stuff now it's sunday morning the dog has been walked it's pouring raining outside it's warm wet and windy i know what a difference this pause made in our podcast <laughs> going from a gorgeous warm sunny day uh feeling like it was in the 20s to now yeah sideways rain and sunday so <laughs> let's keep this podcast rolling before it turns into a monday co- podcast i know, I know right <laughs> All right. Um, I wanted to touch on something this this morning, um, and it's. I'm going to try not to sound like uh, sour grapes or sound like an uh, a d bag. Sound like a d bag. <laughs> but there's been a trend that I've noticed of people who proclaim, uh, whether it's a blogger or someone on a YouTube food channel or even on the cooking channels, that it's really. Um, almost bragging about how they have no training whatsoever no no professional training no no training and they are trying to teach you or show you how to cook Mm -hmm. which to me is very very interesting because if everyone it's kind of like the participation trophy thing and i don't really want to get into a whole bunch of social commentary or sound like oh why are they on tv and not i don't care it's not about publicity or anything like that it's merely about i've spent most of my life trying to um, trying to learn and um, become a professional at a certain career. Um, uh, Ashley, I went to school with that. I went to school <laughs> for it. I've spent 10,000 hours in a kitchen. I have cut basically off cut off fingers. I have burned my, my, the tips of my fingers into unrecognizable, uh, I, uh, you know. Stubs. stubs. Sausage fingers. <laughs> 
I do not call myself a chef because I'm not a chef. What is a chef? A chef is someone who leads a brigade, who's in charge of a whole kitchen. It's someone who is the top, right? The word chef is now so loosely thrown around that any, excuse my French, asshole with a, you know, with a uh, cheap camera and a, and a uh, credit card who can go on to chefware and buy themselves a jacket can now call themselves a chef. And I find that very interesting because, Ashley, you, you like to take pictures. Mm-hmm. You went out and bought a whole bunch of – we've spent on photography equipment – Basically, you could buy a used car or have the <laughs> photography equipment that you have. Yes, you've reminded me of that a few times. Yes, I- <laughs> Are you a photographer? No, I like to try. I like to think that I am learning as I'm doing it, but you enjoy taking pictures. I enjoy taking pictures. Now, if you call if we called now, if she calls herself a photographer, that would be very offensive to my friend's Brett's mom Deidre, who has spent her whole life taking pictures for money for people who she is a professional. Now, I'm not saying you have to go to school to do these things. No. In fact, it is something when you've been interviewed by culinary students. My sister, for example, she asked – that was one of the questions for the, like, Seattle um, Art Institute Culinary School or whatever it was. Would you – what would your be your recommendation for people wanting to become a chef or work in a kitchen today? And one of your answers was you don't have to go to school. Just but get in a kitchen. Get in a kitchen. <laughs> There's a huge difference between – Cooking at home for friends and family and cooking in a professional kitchen. It's night and day. You, f- you learn so much more. There's so much more to it than chop this up and add this. And since, since cooking has be- in the last 15 years has become so hot and so trendy any- and there's no regulation, right? Imagine if mm. someone decided to call themselves a du- – I know I'm going on a really you – know, an to extreme. an extreme. But it's, it's – just- Assume someone decided to call themselves a doctor because they watch a lot of uh, Discovery Health. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> and, and they're like hooked on WebMD. I, I've, yeah, I have, a, I have a pro account. I have a pro account to WebMD. So, you know, I can start diagnosing things. No, you can't. No. I mean, why is it um, become... Why is it that, like, just because you had a marketing degree or business and you started taking pictures and post a few recipes, yes, that now you are... Now you can tell... Now you can proclaim that I'm teaching people how... And And there's a difference between a food blogger who's just taking pictures and sharing recipes. That's one thing. But when you start trying to teach others and... And and, and teach... Exactly. Teach others and and, uh, market yourself as a cooking professional... Now it makes all the people who are really spent to, who are really professionals now now that um, how I, I don't know you even know how to say it now it's like if everyone's a chef no one is mm-hmm. you know it takes away from people who really have spent a lifetime in the kitchen just because I decided that. Uh, I can't hack it in the IT field anymore, and I'm going to start making YouTube videos and telling people, Chef Jason here. No, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. So there's a lot of charlatans out there, guys. It's also true with cooking schools that um, we've had guests who have come here from different countries, and I won't name names or people or even the country of their origin, but they have come here. They have a cooking school or offer cooking classes for quite a bit, even more than what we charge. And they're like, yeah, I no, I just, I watched a YouTube video on how to make pasta. And now I'm charging people $200 to make pasta. And then we're talking to her. And she actually has no idea, really, the technique or she's using fun instruments that you find like 
William Sonoma or Sir Latob will sell these funny pasta drawing thing racks that really aren't necessary. And then they're teaching wrong techniques. And it, I don't know. It's got to be frustrating for Jason, I'm sure. Or other professional chefs out there. <laughs> that thing because why are, who do you think you are or what credibility i mean if you are saying that you are teaching at home you know mom dishes or uh but when you start really teaching when you others start telling people that i am a i am a i'm a, I'm a and, and it's really weird how i have how people will brag i have no training whatsoever but you should listen to me why it's normally the first line on these things and why? also on press releases and cookbooks without any professional training i've decided to teach others but why would that be something that you would want to bra- brag about that i have no idea what i'm doing but i'm going to tell you how to do it i just I don't, don't understand that so we get in we, we, well also because there was so oh nigella lawson i think had a famous quote to say i've never been trained to cook but um, I'm going to butcher her quote, but something about years past, you know, from the beginning of time, people didn't, weren't trained to cook. So does that mean you couldn't have passed down a recipe? No, but you're coming across as a professional chef or you're trying to sell all these cookbooks. When you would probably have someone else writing them for you. That's true too. Um, it's just, it's just a sign. I just noticed this and especially within the last couple of years, any moron with an internet connection is a food blogger. Everyone's taking pictures of every crap they eat. I see so many posts on Facebook of disgusting photos of food, burn shit. Um, everyone loves to put, uh, listen, if anyone is a food blogger out there, please stop putting r- basil and rosemary sprigs and parsley sprigs to garnish your dishes when there's none of those ingredients in the dish. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. It's so hacky. And it just drives me absolutely insane. So it makes me not want to write a cookbook of the area. It makes me not want to have a cook to do like uh, shows because I'm just another moron with a cookbook. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just another idiot with a show who, you know, do I have to spike my hair and, and put on like <laughs> leather leather bracelets and get a tattoo and have some attitude and I'm uh, I'm a bad I'm the badass chef from Italy. You know, it's just it's so stupid. And I hope this trend goes away, but it's diluting the confidence in in people going to find uh, um, real help me well i think it also it dilutes the content of or the quality of some of these dishes that they put out because what jason really tries to teach is the technique behind the dish you're making and the simplicity of a recipe instead of when you look at some of these people who put just a shitload of random stuff in it like flaxseed uh spices of this and that where it's like where are you getting all of these things and it's more just to cover it up or to be fancy or to be foofy or chefy in that sense and maybe that's because they don't have the culinary background to properly to break down to the break technique. down a technique or to just say here's how you do something so simply of searing this or i don't know i am not a chef so this is hard for me to even comment on well let's take, <laughs> let's take waffles right <laughs> i want to make waffles this morning it's sunday morning this could be out. where this tangent's coming Maybe. from too and i go online to find a you know um i have joy of cooking but i don't know i just went on i don't feel like opening a book i went online a thousand different waffle recipes waffles with bourbon buttermilk blah 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 but no one has a recipe up there here's how to just make a waffle if you want to add other crap to it add other crap to it but here's the technique and what and here's the three things you need to you know don't mix the batter you know don't overmix the batter make sure it sits after a little bit make sure you know the, these little things sift your flour why should we sift the flour well it makes it you know makes it all lighter but no one 
shows you the building blocks of how to make X, Y, and Z correctly. And then from there, you can add your flaxseed and your, you know, <laughs> I just say flaxseed because it was like, ugh, gross. Uh, <laughs> or you can add your bourbon infused, you know, uh, bacon, like bacon, like instead of taking, you know, instead of cooking bacon and chopping it up and putting it in the batter and then putting bourbon infused vanilla in there and all, how about just tell me how to make a really good waffle? And if I want to do all that crap, I'll do it on my own. We're putting the cart before the horse. And my fear is if people keep getting burned, no one's going to come and take a cooking class or listen to anyone about cooking online or on television because they're all bullshit artists. Well, I I think we talked about this before, but um, someone had come here and wanted to um, try to pitch a cooking show on um, a couple different networks <laughs> for Jason. And it was really funny because, first of all, they took over and didn't do anything of the way we would have liked it to be shot or filmed. And a very sweet couple, very nice, best intentions, but done in a very old school format, which was not what we were interested in anyway. Then they took it to shop it around to like the Food Network cooking channel. Uh, hands down, everyone agreed that Jason was an incredibly qualified chef. No, but that where's we need we're looking though for big personalities. So it was very funny that they all said yes. You could tell he is trained. He's um, giving great information. However, more important than the technique or the um, the education of the chef, we want him to be yes wearing the sweatbands. Where's the big personality? Where's the flashiness? And part of why we bring this up is. Just for you to educate yourself. If you're looking to take a cooking class somewhere or watch a cooking show or watch a cooking show, find out who is the host? Who is the instructor? Do you, did they go to school? If that's important to you, if it's not important to you and maybe you are gluten free and it's more important for you to be taking, um, buying a cookbook from someone who is also gluten free, who's tested a bunch of these recipes on their family. That's great. That's up to you. But if you want to feel like you're really learning or developing a foundation of cooking, it's going to be much more important to find someone who's truly is qualified or has experience in a kitchen. That's who's going to teach you the tips and the background and like we keep saying the technique and why do you add salt to your boiling water or why do you uh x y and z again i i can't even elaborate on this since i can't cook <laughs> but it's just it has become um flooded with charlatans charlatans as you said and if you're a food blogger and just want to take nice pretty pictures of whatever it is you're going to cook that's one thing but I just look at all these food, like, you, you know, you go and look at the food blogger. Uh, um, when people start calling themselves cook, cook chefs, chefs yeah. that's when it's, you start. It really offends me that you're throwing this word around, something I've spent my entire life that I have, I will continually chase and strive to be a better, no more. You know, you never stop learning. There's no one, I don't care who it is, can, has knows everything in the kitchen. It's absolutely impossible. So... To to call to decide that well I've read a cookbook you know I read a cookbook and I got a I got a, a subscription to Cooks Illustrated I'm a I'm a chef oh, get out of here so what do you guys think I don't want to sound like sour grapes I don't care we have a I'm very happy doing what I'm doing we have more than you know more than we can absolutely handle at this point but it just makes me look to the future like oh, do I really want to stay in this forever because. There's, I'm just, an, like I said before, just another moron 
I know we're, we're, it's part of it is also, we're getting to the break in our online class, cooking classes and, um, kind of finishing it off for the spring coming up, getting ready to try to figure out how we can still put out some of these classes throughout the summer and thinking about the fall to continue it. And I think that there's part of Jason who, yeah, doesn't want to just be another D bag with, uh, online cooking classes that is just spouting from, uh, you know, nothing. Well, my mom liked to cook. Oh, I love that There's one. A lot of those. My, well, mom my mom was Italian. My mom was Italian. <laughs> my mom was an Italian, and I cooked. I grew up eating her food, so therefore I know. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You it's don't. Right. And, and it's not, Jason has no Italian blood, but he is a trained professional chef, so he can cook and teach uh, um, Italian food. Well, cooking is cooking is cooking. Yes, no, I say this all the time. Grilling, sautéing, knife work. No matter what cuisine it is, does not change. The techniques do not change. Just the ingredients to what you put in. And whether it's Chinese, Italian, I mean, you know, sautéing is sautéing, guys. It doesn't make a difference. But um, keep that in mind. Next time you go to pick up that – buy a book or – Watch a show or think about it. Why should I listen to this person? Are they qualified to teach me something? And if the answer is no, if you go to their bio and it's like, I grew up in a family that loved to cook. After a, after 10 years of working as a marketing person and in 2008, the, the economy went to crap, I decided I'm going to be a chef. Oh, come on. Get out of here. So that's enough about that. That's I don't want to – Do you feel sorry. better? Yeah, no, it's just, it makes, the whole thing makes me sick. And I talk to other people who are in my industry who are chefs and they're, and work in kitchens and they're not worried about it because it's like, well, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I work in a kitchen every day. I don't have to, I don't have to tell people I know what I'm doing. You come to my restaurant, you pay money to me to eat my food. And I think that's a little bit about it. You, it's, thou protest too much. (laughs) Well, I, yeah, it's true. I mean, this wouldn't have even really been on your radar when we were in New York. Because, no, I wouldn't give a shit. No. I don't care. Yeah, great. You're an executive I'll... chef. You don't care. No. You're like, whatever. This doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> None of these people are applying for a job in my kitchen. <laughs> no, I'm getting paid to cook. You're paying to eat my food. So yes. you can call yourself a chef all you want. I, I could care less. It really makes me funny, though. It makes me funny. It makes me laugh when people come here and like... I'm an excellent chef. Oh, <laughs> they'll, well, they'll email me that. Sorry to interrupt. They'll, I'll get all the emails first. And, you know, I'm not sure. They'll do this really funny runaround, almost like they want to be convinced to take the class or they have to. Um, I'm really I'm really advanced. So I'm really, I don't even know if I'll learn anything. I don't know if I'll learn anything. It's like, all right, well, then don't take the freaking class and don't come here. Please. <laughs> but then they do when you're like, what are these knife skills? You can, oh, tell, man, immediately. I can tell immediately. <laughs> as soon as someone picks up a knife, you can basically tell if they know what they're doing in a kitchen. But okay, enough of that. We're done with that. Um, I want to know what you guys think. Shoot me, shoot us your emails, your questions, your comments. Let's talk a little bit about this because obviously you guys are kind of, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're interested in food, you're interested in Italy, you're interested in those kind of things. And you can't go two minutes without being bombarded by some other moron with a oh and and with the or a lifestyle uh, <laughs> thing. Why are all these people? Oh, never mind. Okay. No, no, no. It's okay. Like this is something we keep talking about. About do we want to continue the online classes? Do we want to develop a web series of cooking classes? Do we want to continue doing promotion? of this lifestyle that we lead as well part of us feels like in a way it exploits the very thing that is precious about it and then in another part is like jason said every d-bag you know (laughs) every jerk off with a camera you know or just with publicity like reese witherspoon very sweet looking um 
actress, but is now getting ready to launch a lifestyle cooking show, Trisha Yearwood. Again, another, you know, maybe it's to fill the Paula Dean hole in the South or something, but it's really, it's like, where is their cooking background or is it well, they just... They they hire a, mar- they yeah. hired a PR firm, they hire someone who knows how to cook, and you put their face on it. It's just weird. It's really weird. It's all a smoke and mirrors. So what do you guys want to see? What do you want to watch? Do you want to watch... Or do you guys not care? Yeah, or I do mean, you not care? Is it really affect? Is it really affecting me? Because I know that these people have no idea what they're talking about. Do you guys not give two, two cares because it's entertainment, really? I mean, that's the bottom line. We're talking about education, education versus entertainment. And if you want to be entertained, that's fine. Go watch the Cooking Network. Go chill and grill. Go... <laughs> Go, uh, uh, what's that idiot with the spike hair? Uh, I know, like the food, I don't even, we don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. But uh, if, if you want to be entertained, that's fine. If you want to really learn something, these people will not teach you. It's, it's, I mean, there's cooking schools popping up every, it's amazing. We, you know, we have a Google alert for cooking school or cooking classes. And it's shocking how many people can just declare that they are yeah and another thing if you are looking for education more and more universities are posting um online classes and videos as well if that is something you really are interested in on the the very more educated side of things so it's kind of exciting to see some of that happening but yeah it's it's do we want to swim in this sea that is just totally you know the the it's just too it's saturated, basically. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. Would you go to a personal trainer that, well, I'm skinny. <laughs> I'm not fat, right? Everyone in my family's skinny. Everyone so in my family's skinny, <laughs> and I really like to work out. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to charge you, you know, 60 bucks an hour to, to be your buddy. No, I'd rather work out. I have my girlfriend, Megan, who's a personal trainer, who's struggled with weight, who is a professional trainer, who's gone to school, who has a normal personality and body and learn from her. Then, And again, I'm not saying you have to go to culinary school. No. Too, but there's a difference between cooking at home with your mom, growing up eating mom's meatloaf or mom's gnocchi and being trained in a professional setting, whether that's the kitchen or a more um, educational setting like a culinary school. That's all. That's my um, thing. Really, let us know because um, this is it's, – it's, I don't know. This, it's really been weighing on me this, these last couple of weeks, and I didn't want to bring it up because I don't just want to sound like an asshole. I know. And you were talking to your brother about it, and he said you did sound like an asshole. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jason was all riled up after, gosh, one day of research. We were looking into this stuff, and he, I, I said you should write a really – like an op-ed piece about it. As a chef, you know, what does this mean anymore? Or, uh, you know – so I think it's good that he was able to vent it, but we are. We're really curious to know what you guys think. So um, send us your comments. We're curious. All right. Enough of that. Let's move How on. How do we segue out of that? No, we don't. <laughs> um, okay. We have something a little fun right now. We wanted to come up with a couple of things. We were talking about this yesterday. I think we were eating uh, We were eating lunch the other day, and I had mortadella on just some, just some toasty bread. And mortadella is... Basically, what we would in the states would call baloney. I mean, oh, oh, the doctor's here. Oh my gosh! Every time we do a podcast, someone pops in. You want to push pause? Uh, yeah, yeah God, she's here. Hold on. All right, Madalska, we'll get through this podcast. Oh my God, this is. We have talked about this before, and you guys are experiencing it firsthand. Poppins, it happens. <laughs> Especially come spring when the weather gets nicer or there's more stuff going on, poppins happen. So, in fact, I put the chain on the dr- so we have a, <laughs> we have a little uh, chain we can put up at the bottom of our drive so that um, you know if we go out of town or whatever, people can't just come up because people can 
if you can't, if you drive up our driveway and park in a little parking area, you can. No one knows you're here. So if we go on vacation and and someone can drive the truck up here, break down the door with a you know just break down the door and have at it, and no one will know. So we put a little, but up uh, we put a little chain up. But uh, for the weekends at this time of year, I put the chain up because I don't want people. I don't want. Uh, we can get so sidetracked, and if people come and stop over, you can't be rude. You have to stop what you're doing. And but if you have the chain up and the car is up here, people think you're an I know. So we can get more work done. <laughs> So um, that was Godster. That was Godster. Um, do you want to do? Let's do this real quick. We want we put together. Uh, like I was saying before, we we took the little break. Um, we were having lunch the other day, and we were eating mortadella, paper thin, transparent mortadella on beautiful uh, toasty bread, and we were talking about things that uh, are delicious here in Italy, but that are not usually not so great in. Uh, North America or other countries. Mm -hmm. What is great here and then when it leaves Italy isn't as great. Or Or that that interpretation interpretation of of it. it. So let's start right at the top. Uh, Mortadella. Mortadella is absolutely delicious. If you're going to get mortadella, try to find it with the pistachios in it. And and make sure they slice it paper thin. The American version of this is bologna, which is absolutely disgusting. What I think is really funny is um hardcore podcast listeners will are they're gonna start to think we're obsessed with mortadella we've had a few podcasts about mortadella in the past when you talked about mustard or vinegar no more, no <laughs> mustard on a mortadella it. sandwich oh but sometimes it's so good nope but oil and vinegar yes what happened why did oscar meyer butcher the hell out of it and make it into b-o-l-o-g-n-a and no why idea. is it bologna spelled like that and mortadella is it necessarily from bologna i don't know I think it might it, it, be. I would have to assume it is. Otherwise, I would have no idea what the connection is with the word bologna, bologna, and mortadella. Hmm. But it's damn good here. And it's not anything I would have... If you were like, you want a bologna sandwich in a, <laughs> on white bread? You would think, what, are you six years old? Why are you offering me bologna? Oh, my God. And then, like Jason said here, paper thin... It's also comically large. It's huge. Uh, <laughs> it's I would say two meters long by and, and how thirty wide? centimeters, or you know, it's it's like six feet long by you know two a foot and a half wide. Make a big hoop with your arms stretched out, and like that's about as wide as it is as a whole <laughs> as a whole mortadella is. So, um, if you can, if you go to one of your fancy schmancy oh. shops and see mortadella, go ahead and try that's it a, out. It's in Italy. I, I'm sure it's. Who knows? We should get your brother on a podcast and do a price check for Italy versus what things are here. So mortadella here goes for about, you know, the the really good stuff is 10 to 12 euro a kilo. The cheap stuff you can find five to eight. I I wonder what it costs in America. I don't know. So mortadella, one of our favorites. Next one, mozzarella. Uh, Not even or, buffalo mozzarella. You mean mozzarella? Mozzarella. <laughs> Why do they do that in the north in the northeast? I don't know. Again, this one was slightly inspired by talking to Jason's brother after a recent shopping trip. Um, mozzarella <laughs> is a fresh cheese that you find in water always, um, unless you do the mozzarella for pizza, which really isn't mozzarella. It's a fresh cheese, and you do, um, we're not talking about buff- mozzarella di bufala. No, is- that's super super special. You know, we're not I'm, talking about the burrata, which has like the cream butter inside. No, we're just talking about mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> um, here in Italy, it is just so it's absolutely delicious. Even you know, it's it you find it in water. If you could, the fresher the better. Um, 
it just has a consistency to it that you it's so it's much more delicate the consistency here than you find in the, it's not as compact i find though even the fresh mozzarella that you find in the states or in north america is is harder it's like compacted it is you're right i think here you can kind of pull it apart a little bit nicer yeah. and i am a huge milk drinker i am a big dairy girl and it's got such a for lack of a better word, milkier flavor. Like here. It has taste. It has taste. And and truly, the different times of year that you're getting it, you can have that it be a little bit sweeter or whatnot. But and, and not going into the super artisan, but still, we're just talking about general mortadella, general mozzarella here. And it's not mozzarella. There's no U no. in m- mozzarella. <laughs> and Zach, his brother And there's just, an A at the end. Yeah, he just couldn't get over it. And he kept saying, no, but he thought he would sound stupid not calling it that. Mozzarella. Uh-huh. Mozzarella. And we were like, well, maybe if you go to Napoli where they drop off the ends of everything. But, if but you there's still out no here, U in it. No, no. And if you say it out here, you're going to sound like an idiot. But um, Okay, Nutella. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm sure. But just to read... We know, or we had met the princess of Nutella. Mm -hmm. This woman who we took uh, in New York, took uh, Italian language lessons with, her boyfriend or husband was the vice president of Nutella uh, North America. Uh, I think he was... Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We asked her, why does Nutella taste different when you go to Italy compared to when you buy it in the States and the shelves? And she said, because there is a totally different recipe. She went and asked her husband. She had no idea what we were talking about. Because as an Italian, you wouldn't think... Like, I'm sure she's still bringing over regular Nutella or whatnot. I have no idea. But Nutella is something I did not ever eat or have growing up. I'm a huge peanut butter lover. And a big time peanut butter chocolate... Fan so, mixed and for for us fat Americans in North America, they crank up the sugar and they crank up the chocolate and lower the nut, the nut, the hazelnut. Whereas here in Italy, it's not as sweet, it's not as chocolatey, and the first thing you taste is the hazelnut. Mm-hmm. So it's a different recipe for different cultures, different tastes. Yeah, in fact, she said there's like three or four different, you know, um, three or four different regions in the, you know broken up across the world of flavor profiles i guess and um, makes sense it does it does because i think she was saying south america was more chocolatey and not as sweet uh and not as nutty but that chocolate was very heavy and that makes a lot of sense sense. so if you come to italy and give nutella a try you'll see it's totally different if you like nutella in the states um, you'll see it's a totally different animal here in italy i like it better i do too and load up if you're like uh traveling or something on those little pocket size ones yeah Yeah. i love those um sausages oh god we sound so fat we talk about sausages also all the time i can't get enough it sounds i just i don't even want to be the one to comment because it starts sounding sexual coming from a female but i can't get enough uh here in in our region sausages are pork ground pork shoulder salt and pepper put into casings in the states they can be you know there's no sweet italian sausage like yeah so we were doing one understand of, that one of our online classes one of the first ones we did was uh lentils and stewed sausage uh, and sausages and um tons of questions oh what kind of sausage do you do we need hot italian spicy do we need the fennel kind do we need the sweet sausage we were like you just get sausage. <laughs> Sometimes we forget. We forget. We, we you know, forget we've been here for six years, so seven years. That choice, and there's such a bastardization about sausages here. It's not lips and buttholes. It is the good part of the pig that yeah. you put in there. Another great point. And it's it's something that the butchers pride themselves on making, and they're absolute. They're freaking 
fantastic. Really good. You know, you walk into a butcher shop, you see him hanging. He made them. Yes. He put everything in there. There's no preservatives. There's no nitrates. There's nothing that you can't pronounce in there. It's a totally different animal. It is. Um, even even the ones you get in, the, like, uh, New York is popular for those skinny ones that are in the ropes. Oh, And then yeah. with the sticks yeah. through them. God, he, God only knows what are in those things. If Remember, the more crap you put in whatever you're making... It's to cover up a lack of quality in your ingredients. So, if you have the best, if you have the best pork, all you need is a little salt and pepper, maybe a splash of white wine or red wine or whatever, depending on where you're from. When you start scrape, you know, when you start using ammonia to melt the meat away from oh, bones gross. and then throw that through some kind of weird process and then shove it in, you got to put a bunch of stuff in there so it doesn't taste like well if you fry it or batter it i'm sure it's really good then (laughs) but no we did Uh, like you said we had a guest who came and one of our first sausage making classes and i'll never forget she was um gonna do the class but she said i don't know this may turn me off of sausages forever to see what's actually in it and i said no it's gonna be the complete opposite you're gonna see that it's just the pork shoulder here, yeah here. here you're gonna see you're gonna want more sausages when you see how it's made because it is so simple and delicious so mortadella so nutella. Um, mortadella mozzarella nutella sausages weird awful awful bits oh yeah brains um uh oh, man, the best thing i've had within the last couple of years is scrambled eggs and pig brains i know it sounds so gross even to say it out of your mouth like as you're saying it but Tried, it's so good uh, gachi was just here and we were going over this list with him and he was agreeing with everything oh yeah 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 and the, this one the awful and the sweet breads and all of or, that he know, just if, he was like oh fried brains um he was going through it the pulmone the lungs the lungs the kidneys the hearts the all that kind of those weird bits give if you come to Italy give them a try the Italians know how to hook them up um, in the states we just don't I mean I guess they're they're becoming more and more I think so there's a lot of uh, hipster larderies and butchers and stuff popping up which is pretty cool and I don't know also if I would want to order that stuff knowing that these cows and what kind of diets they're eating like do you really want to eat these innards that are uh, uh, you know, this cow, this poor cow has been pumped with hormones and all this stuff. Like, we're so lucky out here that we know, you know, it's a very small town, so it's a different um, beast as well. But you also, it's a culture of people who've been cooking with these things for mo- true. for generations. They know how to cook them. That's it right there. You know, just because some moron from, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Park Slope, Brooklyn, who opened with a... With, <laughs> Tattoos. With, with tattoos and with a beard, neck tattoo. decides he wants to take kidneys and start playing around. If you don't know how to cook them, they're gross. What are chitlins? Chitlins. Chitlins is the I That's believe it's the ten, uh, intestines. Is that of a the southern pig. thing? I believe so. Okay. Um, so go go when you come out to Italy and you see something like that on the menu: brains, heart, lungs, kidneys, liver. All that, give it a try. Nine times out of ten, they're usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And like like we were saying, I know that some um, friends of ours who are chefs have started working at like a more farm-to-fork places that they're really raising their own pigs, and they're starting to bring some of these dishes back. So it's worth a try. But yes, uh, it, it's there's I don't know where the... Get over yourself and try something different. Yeah. Um, coffee. Avio. I know. Ovio. It's at like, does you even have to comment? It's so the next, first thing. Go next ahead. time you're in line at Starbucks or one of those other shitty places and you order a cafe, a espresso or a or cafe macchiato and you pay four, your, $4 for it, 
I went this morning and had a beautiful cafe macchiato for 80 cents. No, no, it went up. It's 90 cents now. So we know that you can find Lavazza and delicious coffee all over. You can purchase it. and But we're adding coffee to the list because not only is it the best in Italy, the pr- you can't beat the price. They're, we've traveled all over Europe, all over the States, and to get a proper Italian cafe or maybe even what you would call an espresso – I don't know where you can get it for uh, the same price of 80 cents <laughs> that you can get it here no, that you is go, you off to, the hook. You go to Germany and a cap- oh, and a, a crappy cafe is €2.40. Um, you go to America and we've turned – you know, America, we need to have it big. So no one can just get a cafe macchiato. No one can get a sip of coffee with a, with a dollop of milk uh, foam in it. No. We do cafe latte, which is basically a kitty drink here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you pay six, eight bucks for it. No. Walk into any. I mean, it's really hard to find a bad coffee in Italy, and for the price. And it's the one thing that when we leave Italy, we miss first. Like it's the first thing we start. Just you've got a headache in the morning. Where's my good coffee? I don't need all this. Like I don't need the the um. What were the good ends my aunt used to always put in? Oh God. Um. Oh the, the coffee um, mate. Coffee mate. The <laughs> liquid that like it, it's like it had like a. Oil. It did. It like coated your tongue and had that that French vanilla coffee. Uh huh. So no coffee, mate. Again, if you have shitty coffee, you have to put all this crap in it to make it. Mm -hmm. If you have delicious coffee, what do you need? I don't. You know, I put a half a teaspoon of sugar, and it's delicious. So good coffee. It's the first thing we miss when we leave, and it's the very first thing we get when we come back to Italy. So much so, and I absolutely love this. We fly in and out of Bologna a lot, um, but almost every Italian airport at the baggage claim is a cafe spot. It's a is a little bar. mini bar. Um, Meaning you don't even pick up your bags or go through customs without getting a coffee because you they know it's the first thing you want when you get back onto terra firma. In Italy, <laughs> in Italy it's true. It is. It cracks me up. There's always a huge line for it too. Um, and last but definitely not least, fresh anchovies and sardines. Now, Italy is not the only country that has delicious anchovies and sardines. And I'm not talking about the ones in oil or under salt. Or um, I'm talking about fresh. The reason you don't find fresh sardines and anchovies a lot of time in North America is they don't travel. And you don't find them in those waters that surround, uh, surround the states. Um, We've had idiots come out here. I ain't eating that. That's bite. All right, good. More for me. <laughs> Sardines and anchovies. The Spanish make beautiful. Oh, the Spanish and Portuguese are incredible at grilling uh, sardines. The Italians yes. do a lot of anchovies. They call them alici, sardoncini. Uh, there achugi. are a lot of names. Yeah, there's a lot of names for them. Blue oily fishes are delicious. They're really good for you too. Yeah, lots of fish oil in them. Give them a try. If you see someone doing grilled sardines or anchovies and you're you're in Europe, eat them. They are fa- they're fantastic. I don't even know. I, I can't even. I know you're a huge. <laughs> Jason is a huge anchovy sardine fan, and uh, I think it 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 is interesting that you just only assume it's the tinned, really um, kind of shriveled up version when you're coming from the States or almost like a bad joke. You know, like you said, it's either thought of as bait or as a topping on a Ninja Turtle pizza with anchovies. Like it's just always kind of this weird, bizarre thing. It's not really taken seriously in many it's, contexts. It's interesting. Most 
people who cook like those yeah. oily, yeah. salty fishes, like like that kind of stuff. Botarga, the um, the uh, uh, egg sac, the dried egg sac of the uh, mugine, um What's a mugine in, in English? I don't sturgeon. Know. Ah. I think it's sturgeon. Uh, absolutely delicious. If you see botarga, which is and they they'll grate it over uh, pasta. That's something really good. Those kind of weird oily fishes that man, the Europeans really know how to hook up, and mm-hmm. we just don't do it. We're just ignorant. It's just we think of it as anchovy paste in some horrible tube or crappy anchovies under oil, and it's not that fresh anchovies, fresh sardines are. I know we were talking about it on the last podcast with uh, the five places to eat fish and fauna of the just simple spaghetti <laughs> uh, or linguine or whatever a, a long thin pasta with the butter breadcrumbs and anchovies and sage and sage off the freaking hook Jason's been making it recreating it at home because I think we want to start serving it but he again he was a little bit nervous saying I don't know how it's going to go over I know this is freaking awesome <laughs> But the idea of serving a, someone a dish with with no choice. Well, we don't have no, a choice. Yeah, we don't offer choices here. So you eat what you're fed. So but, it's, um, it's one that you, you know I have to kind of stay in the. I want to try it. Believe me, I'm yes. not going to steer you wrong. No, I'm a fat kid. I'm not going to tell you to eat something that's not good. It's good. Um, so there's, I'm sure there's a hundred more, but we came came up with five or six of them, and they were all Godster approved. So yeah, he was really. It was funny. He, he oh, oh, okay. We said, do you want to talk on the podcast? Oh no, who, who am I going to talk to? What are you? T- what are you guys even doing? He doesn't. And, <laughs> and then he went off on Facebook and how, <laughs> how Facebook is ruining society. <laughs> Like, so right. funny. Very good. Um, do we have a uh, song? A song of the week? Maria Callas. Yes. And you said, oh, who doesn't love a woman screaming at the top of her lungs? Oh, uh, yeah. Who doesn't love a woman uh, <laughs> classic music screaming in falsetto? It's, it's yes. good. She's good. So a classic of Maria Callas coming up. Um, why don't you go ahead and bring us home? Sure. If you guys want to join us for our next live online cooking class, March 30th, we went over at the beginning of the podcast, but since that was two days ago, I was I just forgot. Uh, <laughs> then we, you can find us online at, uh, You can find our blog, latavalamarque.blogspot.com. You can watch our videos. We were talking about turning the soil, the tale of three tractors, or we were talking about cafe. And you can watch how to make a proper cafe as well on YouTube or Vimeo, La Tavla Marque. Twitter, same thing, baby, La Tavla Marque. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Ashley Bartner for a little behind-the-scenes look and some other photos um, of the area and life out here. You can shoot us an email at info at com, And as Jason said, share it with a friend. We can't thank you enough. And you know I love to spell L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. La Tavla Marque. Well, thank you guys very much. I know it's been a 10 days or so <laughs> since we've done a podcast. And this one took three days to actually record. So... <laughs> I think that's going to be like a, it's a kind of a premonition of the podcasts to come. Oh, yeah, yeah, it started. It's, <laughs> it's started. starting, exactly. Um, thank you very much. We couldn't do it without you guys. Just tell a friend we love you. We do it all. We do all this stuff. I hope there's someone listening and we really appreciate it. So, from wet, warm, windy, beautiful Piobico Italia in La Marche, we'll talk to you guys next time. Have a wonderful week and bring on spring. <laughs>
Sentire Media Hey podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.